it's okay. It's not bad. There's some stuff that works really well. There's some stuff that's still struggling. This is the rambling review of this week's impact. And this is the impact that's the go home show for night one of the mini event or the mini special event, whatever you want to call it, emergence. So I'd expect it to be something big for big things to happen. But it's okay. It's a solid show. It's enjoyable. But is that enough? Well, let's see. We start, of course, with the Rich Swan recap from last week when he, in inverted commas, and I'm doing those inverted commas in the air, retired. Whether this is a Terry Funk retirement or a, a real retirement or a kayfabe retirement, of course, it was used to get some extra heat on Eric Young, who's returned and is a heel and is struggling, in my view. Sick of him already after only a few weeks, after returning at Slammiversary, in fact, the last pay-per-view. And he brutalised last week Rich Swan after the um, rather dry-eyed retirement. Just to get, as I say, a bit more heat. So, of course, we start this week with Rich's mate, Willie Mack, attacking... Eric Young backstage. They're supposed to have a match later on, I propose nothing. They just happen to have a match. But no, they're going to start now. Of course, they're pulled apart and it goes down to the ring. Of course it does. Willie calls Eric out. Eric says, no, no, no. It's my world. You can say what you like, but you're not really inhabiting this role yet. Of course, Mac wants him. He walks, uh, the uh, young walks away, and Mac goes to get him, and they come back, and they have a match together, and they don't really fit that well together, which is a shame, really, because it it could have been something good, and it's your first match of the the program, so you'd expect it to be a belter. Of course, Eric shows how unhinged he is. <gasps> he bites. He rakes the eyes. Oh, how naughty! He slaps on a long, long headlock. You could go out, pick up a bite, come back, clean the house, and he'd still be in that sucker, in the, in the headlock, cranking away. Of course, Willie Mack is always going to be pretty good. He's got a baseline which is always good. And I've loved his work since... Watching him in the Indies, he's a big man who can really go and can really do those moves, including here, a really nice standing moonsault that he often does. On this occasion, he almost misses it, but he manages to stick it. And he shows, just as a side issue, how Eric might be able or might might do his heel work better. Because after Eric does his shout out, I'm the one, I'm the champion, I'm fantastic, it's my world, it's my time. He looks side by side in a sort of pseudo-deranged manner, but what it looks like, as he's looking side to side, to an empty room, it looks like he's asking for approval. He's asking, did I do that okay? 
Well, you know what, Derek? You didn't. I think I prefer him as Derek, actually. Anyway, Willie shows him how to do it. He grabs a chair because he wants to pilmanize Eric's leg just in the same way that Eric did that to his friend Rich last week, a few weeks ago at anniversary. And the ref says, if you use that chair, you'll be, you'll be disqualified. And Willie Mack takes a moment and looks at the referee and says, I don't even care. That's how you do it, Eric. Or Derek, kind of way, I don't really mind. Of course, Derek picked up the wing. Of course he did, because he's got to get the heat. Because he's a WWE cast-off. And to do that, they jobbed out that great wrestler, Willie Mack. They jobbed him out. Just so Derek can have a little bit of heel heat. And that's not the way to do it. This was a bit, it jarred a little actually. It wasn't ideal to kick things off. And it went straight into something else which jarred a little. Because usually I'm really pleased with the, I'm really happy and happy to see the, the feeling that um, Joey Matthews and Madison Rain have between each other. I mean, they're married, I understand, in real life, and they seem to really enjoy working together. It's the same buzz I get with uh, the AEW um, booth, although JR and Shivani aren't married. Now, that would be a hellish thing to think about, so please don't have nightmares out there. But the thing about Joey and Madison is that I've really enjoyed the way that certainly Joey enjoys what Madison does, and she plays the heel in this. He mentions something and she says, no, you idiot. But his comeback to her is, you know, this is why you're single. And all she can do is shrug and try to hide the wedding ring, which is so obviously on her finger. You know what, Joey? Really, you need some better rejoinders than this. If you're playing the baby face, and you are in this duo, Please go back and look at your work. Because Madison Rain deserves better than this. And then we're into something else which I'm getting really bored with already. More WWE cast-offs. The Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. And like loads of other wrestlers in time gone by, every year, every month, every week, they're backstage searching for someone. They're searching for Ace and, and they're searching for Fulton. Where are they? Where are they? They ask, without getting any answers, of course. And let's move on. But I'd rather we didn't to Wrestle House. This, too, is not getting any better. You need sharper writing. And they might have expected us to catch on to those characters by now and see more of those wrestlers and like them more. But, you know, you need better setups and you need better and sharper writing to do that. This week, Taya is showing us, showing everybody her greatest hits. We find out that Susie's not there. Why? Because she's got the runs. It's quite a nice thing to say. Quite, quite funny. And um, also not there is Jake Diener because apparently he too has the runs. And of course, this is leading up to a first date between the two of them, which is really sweet. And what's very funny is that during the stilted meal that they're having set around the table, they seem to be having two berries and something else, which is probably all wrestlers can afford these days. 
But the first conversation is silence and the first thing out of Susie's mouth is, I've got the runs, which is really, really good. And that's fun. Back in the, uh, in the arena, or the room, we see Reno Scum continuing their mercenary antics. They collect from Rhino, they beat him up, they take the money, and I really want to see them. As hired hands, as mercenaries, for the highest bidder, cutting a swathe, as I said last week, through the Impact roster. That would really work for me, and I hope they're going to run with it. And now on to another kind of mercenary. Remember last week Kimberly said, if I take out uh, Grace, Jordan Grace, will you give me a title shot? Yeah, sure. The virtuoso replied. So we have that match now. And it's actually a pretty good match. It's energetic. It works well. It's tough. There are some nice moments, including a great single leg Boston from Kimberly, who's wrenching back on Jordan Grace's leg. That's really well done. Course in the end, Grace gets the pinfall, and they are going somewhere with this. But I hope Kimberly is part of that picture as well, because I think she's done well in this little angle. And now, don't know whether I like this or not, it's returning. Locker room talk with Madison Rain, which is sometimes all right. The guest this week, unfortunately, RVD, Katie Forbes. But before we get to that, we have a sponsor, and it's Heath. He's got a 30-second promo because he's paid for it. And it's a very 80s promo. He's talking behind images on a screen, and he's trying to get a hashtag over Heath for impact, of course, they're running with this stick, but they've done something different with it this week, and I like that. Heath didn't really make the most of this. Most of the stuff he said was pretty come day, go day. There was nothing special about it. I'd expect him to be a lot better on one of these promos. But what was great was that when the 30 seconds was up, they just cut him off and came straight back to locker room talk, which I liked a lot. And if they're gonna keep doing that, then I think that will be something else for Heath to play with, and that's all to the good. What isn't is RVD and Katie Forbes. I thought they'd gone and when they came back a few weeks ago, I wasn't happy to see it. They weren't welcome return and they're continuing that shtick where they can't keep their hands off each other. And of course they start to make out. Madison Ray leaves and it's their show. So they start interviewing each other. Oh, RVD, what do you like most about me? Oh, I think you're marvelous. Oh, you're so sexy. Oh, oh, Katie, what do you like about me? Oh, I love the way you've put loads of weight on since you were last in ECW, ECW and WWE. Obviously not, but you know, that's what I'd be saying. Then of course, to save us from all this, we get a screenshot, logo, cut back, and Sammy Callahan has magically teleported into the seat. He says, and says, back from the break. And immediately attacks RVD. Now, I think that will be all you'd need. That's great. Unfortunately, he gets something sprayed in his eyes from Forbes and then gets beaten up by RVD. I think we should just have cut it at welcome back from the break. And then he attacks RVD. Shame, really, because that could have been something a bit special and it could have really saved the segment. But you're never going to have that problem with the Rascals because they have natural charisma. They know what they're doing. This week, Trey is messing around in a suicide mask, puts it on, frightens, uh, frightens Des. Moose comes along, has a, a bit of a chat, as he usually does. He's all attitude Moose, and I really like his work. 
looks at Trey wearing the suicide mask, thinks it's suicide and says, I beat you twice. I'm going to give you an invitation for next week against me for the belt. Then leaves. And as Trey says, that's why you should always keep your mask on. He goes, and Des seems a little cheesed off. Which is something they've been pushing a little bit with the Rascals. Because Trey's been getting all the big matches. And maybe there's a bit of dissension. But it works really well. It's fun. And it sets something up for the future. Maybe several things. That's the way to do it. But oh, here we go again. We're back with Wrestle House. And this time we're doing the Johnny Bravo... Um, Triangle, the love triangle, just so bored with this. And Rosemary is chatting to Crazy Steve, who can't do that shtick at all. He's just wacky Steve, really. It's, it's quite... It's not ideal. He talks about jealousy. So, of course, Rosemary enchants someone to try and make Bravo jealous. It's Larry D, who then refuses food from AC Baby, and they get into an altercation. It's a fight. So it's fight time. They have a pretty good match. They really fight well with each other, considering they're both big men. Some quite tough fighting that's good. Nothing memorable particularly. And in the end, Larry wins. Says to Rosemary, I did it for you. Bravo looks crestfallen. This will continue. I'm so sad about it. Let's get on to the real stuff which is a big announcement from the Virtuoso, who I'm not sold on yet. But she says, you know, if Jordan Grace wants a match next week, that's great. She can have one. And let's make it a 30-minute Ironman match. Now, I'm not aware that's ever happened between women before. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Please do tweet and tell me. But that will be great. These two can both do it, I feel sure. And this could be a contender for match of the night at Emergence. But what could also be is what came next, which is a simple promo alternating um, chat about how much they respect each other, the machine guns and the North, how much they dislike each other. Simply done. They both can go. Looking forward to this match so much. Another contender for match of the event. And now match of the night. Strangely enough, it's a no DQ between Tasha Steeles and Kira and Havoc and Nevaeh. And right from the beginning, when Steeles and Kira come out first, but don't come down the ramp, they hide around the corner so they can jump the other two. This is fun. They hit each other with all sorts of things, including stop signs. There's lovely energy in this. They don't seem to let up. It's tough, which is nice to see. Steels gives us a lovely bit of psychology where she goes to use a chair on Havoc and instantly regrets it. Joey Matthews uses the word brilliancy. I mean, really, come on, mate. But this is a really good match and the match of the night. Eventually, to settle it, they have to get Havoc out of there because she's so uh, big and powerful. So they put her through a table. She sells that well. And the end is Kira suplexing and bridging for the pin. So just because it's an ODQ match, you don't need to do that brutalizing to finish it. Really nice to see it finish with a really good wrestling move. Great match, match of the night. And Jerry Matthews eventually said, this may draw a line or should draw a line under their feud. And I really hope it doesn't because there's more in this. 
So I really hope they do something more with this. Oh, the Good Brothers are still searching. They bump into Scott DeBoer. Have you seen Ace? Have you seen Fulton? Have you seen where our careers have gone? Have you seen our talent? It was only in a little box, but it was very shiny. And they go, they say, we're going to go to the ring. And boy, do they later on. Best bit from this is not the Good Brothers at all. It's DeMore talking into his headset when they've gone, saying, I'm getting definite National Hall vibes from those two tonight. That's nice insider reference, and DeMore likes doing that, and he does it so well. But this next match should be great, because it's Suicide versus Dez. Suicide, not Trey under the mask, I presume. And this should be fantastic, because this should be a fast-paced, great X Division style match. If it wasn't for those party poopers, those no-funners, the Good Brothers, who come down, beat them both up, and say, you know what, we're looking for Ace and Fulton. Really? We, we didn't know. What happens, of course, is that AC, Ace and Fulton are on the promo, on the screen, and because Ace is so good, on the stick, he says, of course we aren't there. It was stupid. Worse to that effect. And of course, that does make the Good Brothers look foolish. They've been running around while, they, while the other two have been relaxing. And they make a match. They want a match at Emergence. The Good Brothers say, yeah, but you know, they don't look good. And every time you're booking them like this, their reputation and their legacy is chipping away slowly. So I want this over with, and I want Ace in the main event picture because he's wasted without it. Hey, something, something surprising. Again, Impact have followed up on last week's stuff. TJP won against Bay last week, surprisingly. So they are pushing that. They're saying Rohit comes in to see him and says, well, you know, he deserves a title shot. Maybe it should be a three-way. So it will be. It'll be a triple threat. That is another possible contender for match of the event. They're really stacking up. And this is really primed nicely. Let's just get this out of the way. It's another Wrestle House segment in which Susie and Alicia have a bit of a contretemps because the first date doesn't go too well. Alicia says, what happened? Susie says, I don't know. Maybe you gave me wrong inf bad information. Alicia says, what? And very nicely, Susie said, oh, did you not hear me? I said, maybe you gave me bad information. So they have a fight. What we don't want is people outside the ring shouting, cat fight, cat fight. Not in the speaking out era, please. Okay. Well, they have a fight. One thing that was nice was, um, was Susie telling the ref, crazy Steve, wacky Steve, whatever, to put, to get them apart because I have the runs. Love the way they're using that. In the end, from a sudden roll-up, Susie wins. And that's it. There's no point to this. And we need to move on. Well, we need to move on to... The main event. And they're actually using their transitional champion, Eddie Edwards, as the main event. Glory be. He calls Eric out, of course, but we don't know who he's going to fight because he has this open challenge every week. 
And who comes out? The much ballyhooed Brian Myers, who of course they will ballyhoo him because he is another WWF cast off, Kurt Hawkins. And they have a match, they're hot shotting Myers so much. This is his f debut and it's a championship match. <sighs> Pretty much like the machine guns, this is what they like to do. And they had an okay match. It was a solid affair. There were some good moves in it, a lovely backpack stunner from Eddie. He sold a bad knee, which made us wonder if we could get the Boston knee party. Do you know, that move isn't sounding any better, no matter how many times I say it. We wondered whether he could pull that out. There was a nice DDT from Brian Myers. Not liking that name either, to be honest with you. And it was okay, but it wasn't a fantastic match. In the end, of course, Eddie retained. He hit the Boston Knee Party. And where does the former court Curtis Hawkins go now? Where does he go? Because you kind of jobbed him out. You put him in the main event, which is supposed to elevate him. He hasn't been superb. And he's lost. So I'm not sure where he'll go from here. Interesting to see what they'll do, but that's poor booking. However, what they have done is they have primed emergence as being something that might be really special. So over two nights, so, or two weeks, two nights. So, you know, let's see what else comes up. But it's already looking like, a, like something that might, that might be an event of the wrestling year. This episode though, I'll use the word again, solid. It was okay. I enjoyed it. I don't think Impact Now can be bad, willfully, or not, because they have a quality which is always there. But it's not the show you want as your go-home show. There were no massive revelations. Nothing to make you think, oh, I need to see how that happens except that you want to see wrestling matches. But these days we need a bit of both. So tonight's Ramble rating for Impact is four out of five, and that sounds pretty good, but not for a go-home show. I really hope Emergence works so well for them, because at the moment, all of that feeling from Slammiversary is leaking away. It's all there for the taking, Impact. You just gotta take it. Let's see what happens next week. Ta-ta.